You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. I can see us holding hands, walking on the beach, our toes in the sand. I can see us in the countryside, sitting on the grass side by side. Be my baby, and I'll make you my lady. Girl, you amaze me. Can you do nothing crazy? Say, all I want you to do is be my love. So don't give away my love. So don't give away my love. So don't give away. So don't give away. So don't give away. What's up, everybody? OKC82 podcast coming in your ears. Coming in hot. Very hot. Good opening. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Oh, she's pretty. Who's that lady? Oh, no, that's just a commercial. Um, yeah, so the Thunder lost. So easily. Distracted. Valiant effort, as always. Five games in. It seems like they've just got a whole bunch of valiant efforts in them. It's a real valiant uh, team. They lose, what was it, 102? 102 to 99. 102 to 99. The Thunder, Ouch. of course, had a chance late. They always have a chance. Um, it really came down to one possession. Ronnie Hood ended up um, hitting the corner three to put the nail and the Thunder's coffin for good. Uh, Brady Trantham here talking currently uh, across from me is Miss Madison Morris wearing a jacket indoors. And, it's cold outside, but y'all. It, but we're inside. I know. I'm still cold. Well, I mean, you need to go get that checked out, girl. I'm always cold. Well, I mean, goodness. You need get your, uh... I'm going to go see a doctor. Okay. Right. Now it just got really dark. Yeah. yeah. I know. Should we pray for you? Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll take a pause from this podcast. You go, you go see your doc. <laughs> You come right back. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm cold-natured, and Oklahoma does That's me okay. zero favors. Are you a reptile? Yes. Cold-blooded, cold-natured. Oh, my gosh. Look at her eyes. You Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. No wonder she has such a long tongue. Yeah, that's it. That's what it. the heck? I've, I've been suspecting for a while. We are off the rails right now. <laughs> off the rails, We didn't even start boys. talking about the uh, game. Bring it back in. Bring it back in. <laughs> Connor, Ayubi, yes, to my left, wearing all black. All black. I have blue shoes on. Were you dressed for a funeral? Yes, I'll I tell mean, you the, the Thunder's I'll, funeral. Well, I no, kind of expected this outcome. Uh, well, you know they played well. They did. They played well, but they're the number one uh, three point defense in the league. They're um, do they have the best defense overall? Or is it still top five? Uh, I think it was number one coming into this game. Okay, I, I would like to point out really quickly that a big reason they're the best three point defensive team in the league is because Houston currently, missed a lot. Their opponents, right, their opponents are shooting 23% on wide-open threes, which is with a defender at least six feet away from them. So when they don't even bother guarding the opponent, they just use their magical Jedi powers, uh, they they happen to miss. So think, that really helps with the rank. I think Daniel House missed like six of those that you yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Um, well, tonight, Portland shoots 45% from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard, uh, if you look at their from the floor numbers, you're thinking, okay, well, that's encouraging. And then you slide over to the three-point percentage, and you go, oh. And it wasn't just them. Kent Bazemore hit a bunch of threes uh, in the middle part of the game to uh, stifle any potential Thunder comeback because the Thunder really didn't get going on both ends of the floor until the third quarter, surprisingly, considering what, how we saw them last against Houston. Um, and then, like I said, Rodney Hood had big, just back-breaking three after back-breaking three. So, uh, Madison, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like Billy Donovan, you guys were in the locker room, um, but Jerry Ramsey and I were talking to, well, we weren't talking to Billy Donovan, but we were in the postgame room with him, and I, I don't know, like, I, I understand the expectations for this team, not just from a fan standpoint, are going to be different, and right. I would assume from Billy Donovan, 
it's going to be different. He's coaching a different team with different players, and a lot of these guys are young, and mm-hmm. they're going to make mistakes, and a lot of the same mistakes are going to keep happening. It's 82 games, so you can only ask for so much from a game-to-game basis, but right. a lot of the stuff he said in the post game it just screamed moral victory. He said things oh, no. like, we played mm-hmm. the right way, and but you just look at it, and they made 17 three-pointers, and we made four, and typically when that happens, you lose by 20 points, and we still were in position to win a game. He is correct. That's, yeah. But again, I'll just keep asking the same question. Depending on what you want the Thunder to do, do you want them to win every game, or do you want them to lose tank and get better draft positioning? Like, that's up to you, the listener. But Madison, like, I mean, at some point this team has to start winning games with yeah. the talent that they have. Yeah, no, I agree, and I kind of am getting, I know it's only five games in, but I'm already kind of sick of the moral victories. I don't think that's really a thing. I understand being positive and looking at uh, some of the positive outcomes that come from this game. I mean, even guys like Hamadou and Nerlens had a couple of things to say tonight about that, which was encouraging, and I think you have to look at it from that standpoint. You can't exactly just get up there and be like, yeah, like don't pull a Draymond Green and say, yeah, we suck. But No, I, I don't what did expect, he say? He said I we. can't. We, oh, we can. There's an there's an explicit E on the... Oh, is there? Yeah. What did he say? I'm not going to say it. He said we fucking suck. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. Pretty said the word. <laughs> so I don't expect like Billy Donovan or the guys to get up there right now this early on in the season and say that, even though Draymond did. But, you know, different, different player. <laughs> but I, I don't really want to just sugarcoat all of these losses for the Thunder right now because I think that they're going to have to take a lot away from these games and they're going to have to apply them uh, to different things that are coming their way, especially as the season con- continues on. Because I feel like I'm having this conversation right now, like 37, 38 games in, and like people are starting to hit the panic button. But right now it's only uh, five games in, and they've lost four of them. And I think people right now are starting to get a little bit low on them, and like rightfully so. I saw a lot of like crowd uh, responses tonight as they kept trying to pull the game within like at least a tying position to go into overtime, which I would have laughed out loud if that would have happened because Brady and I encountered many of those in the tunnel last season. Mm. But uh, that didn't happen because the Thunder weren't able to hit their shots. And, I mean, I think it was Hamadou or Nerlens who had a really good dunk there at the end that really pulled them close. Was it Hami? Yeah. So he had, like, that really awesome dunk there at the end that pulled them pretty close. But then, obviously, what Brady was saying, uh, Rodney Hood went on to hit that very timely three. uh, That definitely sealed the deal for the Portland Trailblazers. But... I don't know, guys. I just, like, I I respect the whole optimistic view and, oh, like, don't worry. We're going to be okay. Like, we're going to get this figured out. We're going to go forward and learn from this and push forward. Okay, but you have to actually, like, follow through with that. And I know I'm sounding like the ultimate fangirl just sitting here complaining about stuff like that. But I, I don't really want – I don't even know if, like, seeing these really close games and then going and sitting through a post game and then being like, oh, like, you know, we we did really well. Tried like, our it's best. Gonna be all right. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Everybody had fun. And so, you know, like everybody, matters. everybody's gonna get a Capri Sun and an orange peel so at much. the end of the game from the team. At least mom. we had a good time. Yeah. I'm like now, that's, th- what's really important is the friendships that we made. Oh my god, that was that's, that's the real championship. Around. I hate <laughs> the friendships we made along the way. <laughs> that's just bogus. And so Madison I don't know. hates friendships. Yeah, she really <laughs> I don't does. And so, honestly, I guess, like, to make the full circle on my point right now, because I figured I kind of rambled there a little bit, my bad. But it's okay. I, I basically, I'm just like, I really am waiting for Billy Donovan to have a truly authentic post game where he was like, that was just garbage. Like, we, there's no excuse for that. And I appreciate him being optimistic. Like I've said, 
but eh. he's done I, that before too. He has done that before. He did it last year. He did it the yeah. year before during the playoffs when the Thunder won Game One against Utah, and everybody was excited about playoff P because he he went off that playoff game. P. And all Billy Donovan said that post game was, "We have to play better basketball. We cannot rely on just." Paul George like hitting stupid shots and I, it was shocking yeah. but Billy has said it before but go ahead Connor. Oh I, I just think that you know one one thing that's keeping him from getting to that level especially early on in the season is the expectations that he has for this team you know and, and and even even with the relatively low expectations this team could easily be you know three and two right now instead of one and four uh all all four of their losses have been winnable games you know obviously any any game is a winnable game but you know Specifically, down in crunch time, a few things go their way, and it could be different. But mm-hmm. I, I really think it's not a luck thing that they're blowing all of these games in the fourth quarter. It's a talent. It, it's a big for the Thunder that they have the talent to be close and be in striking distance in all of these games. But really, the execution down the stretch just needs to be better. Obviously, they got unlucky a little bit tonight. Portland hit some really, really tough shots. Five consecutive threes uh, between, I think it was Dame, CJ, and Rodney Hood who mm-hmm. who hit all of those. But Really, just on the offensive end, it tends to stall out uh, towards the end of the game, and that's you know they need to figure out an answer for that. And I don't think that you know Jerry seemed excited that we lost this game, and it, it bothers me a little bit when people actively root for losing and like, oh, we want to play well but lose by just a little bit so we can get a high draft pick. I mean, you, you play to win the game. Like, I want to see them, and I think the play. I don't think the players hold anything back. Absolutely not. I don't. I don't think they're trying to lose. But I, I do want to see them go for those victories on the end, and I think that they're a few steps away from figuring it out and running off some wins. Well, I'm, I'm so like I'm going to take out the Utah exam, the Utah game because that's that's game one. It's on the road in a tough environment, and a lot of guys playing with each other for the first time in, in in an NBA game. And Oklahoma City started off so terribly, and yes, they fought and they had a chance to win the game late, and they even had a lead in the fourth quarter at the beginning of the fourth quarter, if I uh, if I remember correctly. I'm not going to count that just because I never had a sense under five minutes in that game that, okay, the Thunder have a chance to win this No, game. and in most of the losses, I haven't felt confident that they were going to win well, because I don't believe in their execution on the stretch. That's what I was going to get to because yeah. they have three examples so far of they have a chance. Washington, they tied it at 83 with a few minutes left. Houston, they led throughout most the entire first half and controlled the game. They had a bad third quarter, but they put the clamps down on defense in the fourth. Uh, they stopped fouling as much. They themselves got to uh, um, got into the paint and started scoring a little bit and gave themselves a chance to win late. And then tonight, the same thing. And it comes down to usually a possession. Yeah. A possession on defense and this sure-handed defense that's really good against the perimeter, uh, good uh, good against perimeter shooters. Um, been very good at t- timely, not being like not fouling in timely situations. They continuously, in these three examples, have come up short. And I understand, like, my expectations for this team aren't very high. My expectations for this team are not they need to win all these, like, these three examples. They should have won. But my point is, with the talent that they have now, if they're going to have Chris Paul for X amount of time, Danilo Gallinari, at some point I need to start seeing some improvement. I need to start seeing some improvement in those situations because Mm -hmm. you can't get away with just moral victory after moral victory. This isn't Texas A&M. Yeah, and honestly, (laughs) I kind of felt, like, excited and that was that was funny, Brady. That was a good one. <laughs> um, it just kind of registered me as eight and four. Screw the eight and four. <laughs> I I kind of like. I think a lot of people got very excited watching uh, the Thunder play against the Warriors, just because that was a really dominant performance by them. Even 
Uh, though they had their problems, they had a little bit of loose ends that they still hadn't tied up, but it was still a good showing for them. I don't know necessarily if Thunder fans can take that game and say, oh, wow, like the Thunder are really fantastic yeah. and they're just letting people down because the Warriors are awful. Yeah, it says more about the other team than it yeah, does about the, the Thunder. Yeah, the Warriors are terrible this season getting right now. smacked by the Suns as we speak. They're destroyed by Phoenix right now. And so Go it's Suns. just like, ew. And I believe that it's in Chase Center, right? Yeah, no, they're playing at home. Oh, just getting, getting Yeah, the, the apparently the Suns went on a 30-1 first quarter run. <laughs> Good and, God. That's my new thing. I'm just going to start making throws. They don't even have they, their second best player. They were up 72 to 46 at half, the Suns were. I mean, Good to be fair, night. they're championship contenders. So, you know, when when Warriors, their schedule gets a little easier, maybe they can get a couple wins. No, oh, this, this team is bad. Go it, Suns. Bad. What am, I mean, come on, man. Devin but, Booker. Yeah, Devin man. Booker, man. Get him out of Phoenix still. And hey, they have, come on. This is fool's gold. Don't, don't buy Phoenix. Come on. They have, no. they have name. Fully in. Name. They have name. Kelly Oubre? No, not Kelly DeAndre Oubre. DeAndre Ayton is sitting no, for 25 No, not games. DeAndre Ayton. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. There Ricky Rubio now. So look out, NBA. And Frank Kaminsky. Frank the Tank's been balling out. I'm a big fan of Ricky Rubio. I'm glad that this is turning into um, just a Phoenix They sold DJ Warren. <laughs> yeah, they, they did, but that they gave them sold. the room. TJ Warren. They got a second round pick and it gave them the room to sign Ricky Rubio. Look which out. I think was, oh, so far has been a has been a really good So far it's been really good. I can't wait for that oh. Phoenix Houston matchup when Ricky Rubio goes up against Russell Westbrook. That's oh, gonna, I can't oh, that's gonna be dynamite. That's gonna be so good. That's some star power right yeah. there. Good um, job, Rubio. Man. Guys, Hamadou Diallo is fun. I yes. like watching him. Not only is he fun, he's turning into a very good basketball player. Oh, for before sure. our eyes. Yeah. And, you know, so when I'm talking about, like, situational improvements, it, you know, some fans might hear that and say, it's silly, They're, it's this five games in, like, how can they, like, make drastic improvements like that, like, boom, boom, this early in the year. Hamadou Diallo has made drastic improvements. Yeah. And he's not just thriving off of his athleticism, although when he had, like, four... <laughs> rebound, putbacks, attempts to like finally hit his a shot. His might have had something like, to do with that. The athleticism helped him there, but <laughs> he laughed when asked about that too. He was just like, "Oh, that was I you." I don't even know how he did. No, no, no. Someone asked oh. him about it. I think it was just Nick Gallo, and yeah, he kind of laughed about it. And he was like, yeah. "I don't even know how I did that." It's like, dude, I was like, I was so, dude, because you're a good basketball player. I'm so That's drunk, how. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just got. I'm just. Oh god. <laughs> I don't know if Tommy drinks. Is he 21? I think he's. he's a, he, I think, think he is 21. Yeah, Connor, you can't. Dude, why do you keep rubbing this in my face? Like every <laughs> you're every twenty. Time. You're tw- oh wow, you're so young. You get it. You dude. are young. Hey, enjoy it. All right, what you're enjoy forty, you. aren't you? How's your mortgage going? I, I don't have a mortgage. <laughs> I'm a blog boy. I live in my mother's basement. <laughs> oh yeah. I why are you that. guys laughing? So anyway, Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> no, Hamadou um, Diallo. Hamadou Diallo. Doing better than Brady today. Uh, it, it's just it's been such a. I don't even want to stay a steady improvement with him because it's been pretty drastic and it's from game to game whatever he screwed up with in the previous game he really really improves upon in the next game like I believe was it Houston it might have been Houston it might have been uh, the Warriors game he had a little bit of a foul trouble tonight wasn't really the case because Billy was able to put him in late the Thunder like had to like rush him out there on that Rodney Hood uh, Mm -hmm. three that put the game away essentially and they uh they had the three-guard lineup. They put Diallo at the four, and they had Gallinari at the five, which is... Weird. Weird. It kind of worked I, a little bit. It, 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 I liked it. For a second, and I think the th- there, there was one play where like the rotations were kind of thrown off because you could tell that Gallinari wasn't used to playing that center position, so he left Rodney Hood open, open in the corner for a three. Other than that, their defense actually looked pretty solid, and they were running decent plays on offense, getting decent looks. 
it's still a weird lineup. I'm not sold on three-point guards yet, but, you know, Hami at the four was a good experiment, and he's a versatile enough player that he, he made it work, at least in that mm-hmm. small spurt. Yeah, and Billy Donovan has even mentioned that guys like Hamadou and Gallinari, they're both very intelligent people that he could see them playing at any position out there on the floor. He even said that in pregame today. And so I thought that was very interesting. He made that comment specifically about Gallo, and then he put him at the five right there at that point in the game. And so I was kind of like, wow, that honestly makes sense just because I think Billy right now is still running a little bit of experimentation. And I think he can do that because he has so many intelligent basketball players, especially ones that are developing like Hamadou, just because I kind of enjoyed him at the four at that time because he's he's slowly but surely becoming like the guy that gets pulled off the bench in crunch time situations. That's kind of cool to see that because yeah. I feel like last season, I don't know, I think they definitely would have like Paul and Russell out there. They would have Steven who did not even play tonight. We can talk about that later, but they would have like Steven, Paul, Russell. Really? And, Steven uh, didn't play? Because like it sure looked like he's been playing like according to his first four games, <laughs> it seems no different. He, he might have been able to play tonight, and I wouldn't have known Honestly, any different. Honestly, yeah. Nerlens Noel looked pretty good in this spot. Nerlens Noel is Nerlis good. Nerlens Noel yeah, looked he, good he at the in. game prior to this one, and so when they were like, "Oh yeah, Stevens gonna sit," and Nerlens, I mean Nerlens got that starting job tonight. I was like, "Okay, good," because Nerlens been playing. Nerlens has been playing good basketball. Yeah. But uh, basically, I was just gonna wrap up my other thought just about Hamadou, just saying that like. I feel like he's becoming, like, a go-to guy, and I think that's a really cool thing for him just because I think he's capable of doing that now. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. Especially on the defensive end, too. You know, he's still not, like, a guy that you're going to dump the ball to and let him go into ISO and try and score. Or he gets a lot oh, of his, yeah. gets a lot of his buckets off of backdoor cuts, hustle plays at the rim. But on the defensive end, he has looked really good, and it's even an improvement that we've almost been able to see game to game, I think. Uh, and, you know, he, he's not, you know, locking guys up by any means. Damian Lillard and CJ hit, hit a bunch of shots down the stretch, but... He's doing a really, really good job. He's a super high-energy player all the time. Really good motor on him. I, I like. I liked what I saw to Hami tonight. No, it, like it's it's funny because, like you said, a lot of his points came off of just kind of manipulating the defense and you know cutting yeah. uh, backdoor cuts, all that stuff. He's doing a lot of the things that Thunder fans have been begging guys like Andre Robertson and Terrence Ferguson to do over the years. Like, okay, you're, you guys are obviously not very good shooting the three-point shot, and Terrence will have his games where he is and. But tonight he was bad. Previous night he was bad. He, I think he only took one shot against Houston. But mm-hmm. you know, Thunder fans, you know, they see like guys like Andre and Terrence have like really good athleticism. So cut to the basket. Like if you can't shoot, if you can't score from distance, then make it easier on you. Hamadou Diallo does those things. Yeah, definitely. He d- did he even take a three point shot today? No, not today. And th- I, I kind of like that out of him. Yeah. Know, if he, if he's getting all of his shots at the rim, you know, maybe a few little floaters in between shots. I, I like that out of him. He doesn't need to be sitting around the three point line except to just be a guy there. Yeah. Um, I guess we can talk a little bit about Steven because it'll kind of segue into the main topic. I, I, in my opinion. So Steven doesn't play mm-hmm. left knee contusion. Uh, wasn't, Boo. he didn't practice this morning at shoot around according to Billy Donovan. I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. Cause Steven was out there. Um, he didn't practice, but he came out like right when the media was, when we were all out there this morning, shooting free throws, doing some light work by himself. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I'd be surprised if he doesn't play relatively soon, but like Madison said, Nernal's Noel got the start, had a good game, a double, double. And if, uh, Everybody remembers last year, I believe Steven missed the, I believe the, what did the Thunder start? 0-4, 0-3, 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 0-4. 
So Steven missed the fifth game because the fifth game was against Phoenix, mm-hmm. and Nerlens Noel had, had his first 20 and 15 Breakout game. game. Yeah. Well, he was playing Phoenix, who back then was terrible, well, and now was the best Well, he was playing the number one overall pick. <laughs> that's true. He did play yeah, DeAndre Ayton. So, um, but still, like that's what Nerlens Noel can give you. But now, if Steven played, Mike Muscala would have got t- time anyway. But without Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel starts, of course. <laughs> Mike Muscala goes out there a little bit more. That dude was not shy, Your but boy, oh my Max. God, did he? <gasps> Shut up! Oh, of six Joe from three. Die. He shot the thunder out of the game in the first half. And look, I don't mean that insulting because I liked every shot he took. They were and all good shots. Yeah. They were all good shots. Ahead. They were within the flow of the offense. Uh, Chris Paul had a really good pick and pop formula or chemistry going with him uh, in the, I believe it was the second quarter. Um, or that, actually, that was Dennis Schroeder. It was Dennis Schroeder because Dennis Schroeder had a, his third good game in the row, even, even though he kid. even though he missed a, a handful of easy buckets at the rim. But you know, sometimes I guess that's going to happen. He went over four from the three point line, but you know, he's not a shooter. His shooting wasn't good tonight, but he still found a way to make it. work. He was better on defense. This is one of the yeah. best defensive games I've ever seen Dennis Schroeder play. Yeah. He put the clamps on CJ McCollum. Picked up five fouls in the process, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I told you, I told you, in the, I told you in the tunnel. I don't think I've ever seen Dennis Schroeder have more than three fouls. No, it's a sign of effort. <laughs> yeah, why but, not? It is a sign of effort. But yeah, like I don't mean it in an insulting way that that Mike Muscala just took too many shots because I liked every one. But the end result is yeah. he helped shoot the thunder out of the game yeah. at least in the first half. This game never got out of hand. No, it, it but when you look at the when you look at the stat sheet and you look in the first half and you see Mike Muscala is 0 for 4 and then he finishes the game 0 for 6 it's unfortunate he's not the only guy that didn't shoot particularly well from the three point line Connor you said okay, Dennis Schroeder was 0, 0 and 4 yeah, uh, particularly four well particularly your point. Well. Um, I don't know if that's an accurate assessment uh, <laughs> what else does Billy say uh, I can't remember I don't know he has a lot of no, Billyisms. Like, everybody pretty much didn't shoot well from the three point line but you look at you see like six opportunities came from Mike Muscala. And then you look at the score, you look at kind of the scoring discrepancy between like the three point shooting between OKC and Portland. And even though I just kind of shat upon Billy having kind of a moral victory stance when he looks back at this game, you know, the more and more that we talk about it, like, yeah, I mean, I mm-hmm. guess I can kind of buy that now. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it is a little too early to expect. Okay, at some point when you come back in a game and tied it in the fourth quarter, especially at home, you got to get the job done. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a little too early for that. Muscala was lights out in preseason, and it's unfortunate that it hasn't transitioned. He hasn't had a good three-point shooting game yet. I think he's something like one of 14 on the season. Maybe it's not that extreme, but something like that. Uh, and, yeah, just overall for the Thunder, really bad job from the three-point line. They took 27 three-point attempts and made four of them. So that's uh, under that's 15%. Right there. That's tough. Uh, and Portland, you know, they shot the ball pretty well, especially down at the end there. They went 17 of 35. So they weren't even taking that many more threes than the Thunder were. They were just hitting them at a much higher clip. Uh, luckily for the Thunder, they were able to stay in the game because of their dominance on the interior, despite not having Steven Adams. Uh, they outscored the Portland Trailblazers, I believe, 44 to 26 inside the paint. Uh, a lot of that was Dennis Schroeder uh, penetrating, a lot of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Early, he, he kind of got stuffed up in the second half, but they had a lot of good looks. Uh, Chris Paul creating a lot of good looks at the rim as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the three-point shot is just so valuable mm-hmm. at this stage in the game, and it's it's really tough to win. Well, uh, it's crazy because I feel like Portland didn't even have success uh, behind the three-line until 
Dang like, got going. Yeah, until yeah. like the it was the second half of the game. I thought the Thunder actually had a good third quarter for once. And it's that the first was, good third quarter. Yeah, it was seen, a maybe. good third quarter for the Thunder because they I think they outscored them like what twenty five to seventeen or something like that. Twenty five nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. It's pretty and so sexy. That was that was pretty good because usually it's the other way around and people are always complaining. AKA people are me. I am people about the Thunder's third quarter. And so I thought they had that going for them, but exactly what Brady said, as soon as Dame got hot from the three, it just ignited the entire team to get hot from the three. And then I think it was Terrence who said it in post game. He said, if a team like that starts getting hot from the three line, they're not going to stop. And they didn't. And so obviously that was kind of a, a big, like, I don't even know. It was, it was kind of just like a crappy thing that happened for the Thunder and, they're going to have to like figure stuff out and really be efficient all the way throughout the game, especially uh, guarding the perimeter. But um, I, I don't know. I've kind of been on Mike Muscala so much lately, and I don't want to like have that come off wrong and like I don't think that he's a good player or anything. I think he is. I think because what Brady was saying earlier, all of his threes tonight were actually pretty good shots. They weren't. They just weren't sinking. They weren't going through. They it's didn't. Just so one dimensional. Yeah. So when just... he's not hitting, then he's not providing any value on the floor. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think I liked what Chris Paul said um, in post game tonight. He was saying like, just you... keep shooting it. Like I don't, I don't want to see these guys giving up on their shot if just because it's not uh, hitting, if it's not working for them, just keep shooting it. And I agree to that with an, like to an extent, but especially I think Muscala just made uh, at least like two too many threes tonight. Because yeah. I think it was just, it was just a bad look for him I all would, around. Uh, it looked bad on the box score, and just what you guys were saying, it really shot the thunder out of this game. I would have liked to see a little bit of Justin Patton action tonight. I was hoping pregame that he might get a look since Adams is out. Maybe he could have taken a few of those Muscala minutes, but no, no action for him, unfortunately. No, is that a lost cause. You think, Brady? I mean, Muscala is the the better option. Yeah, but yeah, I'm saying when he's when he's shooting 0 of four in the first half, like you don't want to give him give him a few minutes to see if he can go out there and bang in the post a little bit. No, fair I enough. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, just I, don't, I don't even like. I don't even know what Justin Patton is. I don't know we anybody. See him. Well, nobody knows what he is because he's only played. Has he played any? Has he been in any game yet? He's he no. played. He played in Golden State. Right? Yeah, Everybody yeah, played, he played in Golden, Golden State. State. He might have played. I think like he under played a in. in some of the other one. One of the other. Well, ones. that's his Did seventh he play a and eighth in the home opener. I, yeah, he was in. I don't think he played. That's his very seventh much and eighth game as an NBA player. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it wouldn't have affected the game differently in either way. I don't think. Okay. I mean, you, it couldn't have hurt. No, I'm not saying that, that he would have won them the game for sure. He I might just, have. Who knows? You never know. We don't know. Maybe Honestly, he... you never know. You Anything never could have know. happened in that game because it was so close the entire time. Anything is possible. Anything is possible, especially mm-hmm. for Justin Patton. <clears throat> Shout Be- out. Before we get to Twitter, somebody mentioned Chris Paul. As I, hold on, let me clear my throat. <coughs> let me clear oh, my boy. throat. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That was, tis the season, everybody. Sorry about that. Somebody mentioned Chris Paul. I think it was Madison. You would be uh, correct. Good. I, hopefully I'm correct. Um, I've been pretty vocal on the pod about I don't know where Chris Paul's give a shit meter is with this team. Um, and it's mainly because after watching Chris Paul his entire career, he, he plays a certain way. He has not played that way yet with the Thunder. And we all know the caveats, new team, young players, players who haven't played with each other, blah, blah, blah. He still hasn't played like Chris Paul. 
And yeah. I know he's getting up there in age. Um, I understand that probably on a human level, um, he got traded here. He doesn't necessarily want to be on a team that's not competing for a championship at this point in his career, so he may not be the most 100% bought in. But having said he's that, still he, he's, he's, he's still a professional and he's still playing hard. But my problem has been he is really yet to put his fingerprints all over a game yet. 100%. Tonight, I feel like, was a, a step in the right direction. Tonight was mm-hmm. the first time that I really got a sense, okay, Chris Paul's out there, and it was mainly because he got to the foul line. He yeah. was, the what, second half was way better for him yeah, than the first. First half, sure. he was, like like we've been seeing, he was almost non-existent. Yeah. And second half, he came alive a little bit. And then, like, one of the, some, I believe it was Eric Horn from The Athletic asked him, uh, like, what the frust- his personal frustration level is um, when you constantly get into these similar situations of, like, you come back, you tie it up, or you get it down to a possession in the fourth quarter, and you give up easy buckets, and the game gets away from you that quick. And Chris said, like, I'll, I want to win all the time, like mm-hmm. so. It's frustrating. So m- maybe, maybe I'm just misinterpreting it. Maybe I'm expecting too much too soon with him. Uh, and then also, we have no idea how long Chris Paul is going to be with the Thunder. So I don't even know if it's unfair to say, well, it's too soon. It's like, well, it might be too soon in an 82 game season, but we don't know how long he's going to be here. So it doesn't uh... really doesn't matter. But I'll just say, like, tonight was a step in the right direction for Chris Paul in terms of, like, success with the Thunder. I do think that in the second half, he was a lot better. Uh, In the first half, I was very disappointed with his performance. He wasn't really putting up shots. He, you know, he's Chris Paul. He's going to have a few, you know, nice uh, dime-dropping plays where he makes the crowd ooh and ah a little bit, sets up a guy for a nice play, but... He really is not been has not been doing it consistently, setting people up, you know, making the simple plays in the offense, getting into the paint and creating consistently every time down the floor, like Brady said, putting his fingerprints on the game. What I really want to see out of Chris Paul, honestly, is you know, like you said, he's 34. On the defensive end, he's no longer an elite defender. He's he's playing mostly off the ball, sitting on, you know, Kent Bazemore or Rodney Hood over in the corner, just all right, let's make sure they don't shoot a three and not doing much else on defense. What I want to see is him turn into you know where Steve Nash was at this phase in his career. Uh, at 34 years old, Steve Nash was putting up you know 16 points, 10 assists uh, on really good shooting, and he was taking like 11 and a half shots a game. So I'm not saying that Chris Paul's necessarily going to hit that 16 points, 10 assists mark or anything like that. But I'm saying in terms of the style of play that Nash was able to bring at the age of 34. Uh, for that great Phoenix Suns team, like that's the type of play that we could hypothetically see out of Chris Paul, mm-hmm. and I want to see him try and get a little bit into that more of that mindset where every single play down the floor, you're n- only going into ISO if you absolutely have to. I hate watching him take first half. He had a possession where I looked at Mass and was like, "That was disgusting." Yeah, he takes I- twenty <laughs> dribbles and then he moves into a step back mid range shot over a defender's hand. His it's ISO, like his ISO possessions, the the bad ones are worse than any bad ISO possession from Russell Westbrook outside of we all know he's going to chuck up a bad 30-footer right yeah. here at the end of this game. <laughs> that, that, that's the only time that it they're equal. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I think that he it's just it's almost like a mindset thing for him. And, you know, he's coming from a situation in Houston where he was a very isolation-heavy player. Uh, I've harped on this a little bit before where I'm, I'm not a fan of the isolation as a play type in general, especially for this Thunder team. Um, but I think even when he's looking to create, and like I said, he still has that capability. We see him flash it all the time. And in the second half, he did a much better job of doing it consistently. But I think on a night-in, night-out basis, I want to see him try and get more into that 
Nash mentality of I'm going to be a creator and get the offense moving and flowing uh, on, a, on a very regular basis. He's kind of a sneaky player, too, because he did actually end up leading all scorers with 21 points, which I thought was weird wow. because, like, you guys have touched on it, but that— I haven't touched anything. <laughs> Please don't touch anything. <laughs> That first half, I thought was kind of disgusting for Chris Paul because he had four points at the half. Yeah, it just he he wasn't even like taking shots. There were a couple times he pulled up to take the shot and then he quickly passed it back out. It was almost like he was avoiding the shot. And for a guy who's thirty four years old and is supposed to be leading a team, I kind of thought that was weird how he was like almost avoiding taking some shots because there were I think I, I I wrote down there were like three different instances where I thought he had a really good chance to make a shot and he instead tried to pass it out to Terrence or he tried to pass it out to Shea. And I think, like, I get it because Shea has been so successful uh, now four games, like the four games prior to this game. But it's just that, you know, Shea and Terrence and guys like um, even Nerlens, they were well covered and they weren't able to make that shot. They weren't exactly open to make that shot. But Chris was like, oh, well, here, like, let me get this assist real quick. Yeah. Let me let me help you guys. Let me pull you guys into the game. And I'm like, no, dude, just take the shot. Like, you have the shot, but you're not going to take it. Yeah. There, so that was just kind of frustrating. No, definitely. There, there was multiple, like, semi-transition plays in the mostly second and third quarter, I think, where, you know, someone would take the ball down. Like, Shea would get to the rim and kick it out, and CP3 would be wide open. The defense hadn't fully gotten back yet to recover, and instead of taking the open shot, he would pass to someone who was half-covered, and all of a sudden now you have to reset the offense. Or he would hold on to the ball for three seconds, dribble in place for three seconds, and now the defense is back and set, and you have to get into a whole other offense um, as opposed to just getting up the quick shot. Transition shots are almost always going to be more efficient than yeah. whatever looks the, this Thunder team is going to be getting in half-court. Yeah, and that's why so many turnovers occurred tonight. Well, and the traveling. Just, good God, don't even get me started. <laughs> oh, God. There were so many traveling calls tonight, and it was just one after another. There was So I, annoying. I, was it in the second half? or Third quarter, mostly. Some, yeah, it was in the third quarter. There was a sequence where there were like three back-to-back traveling calls called, and oh, my gosh, like people were just starting to get frustrated because it was almost like, I saw this one tweet. It was really funny. I don't even know who tweeted it, so I can't give you a shout-out. Sorry. But I saw this one tweet. And it was like, wow, uh, NBA refs not calling traveling like they're watching JV basketball. And it was so true because I feel like they were just calling travel after travel after travel. And there was one they called on Dennis. I'm not usually the type to be like, that was not a travel. But it was not. He didn't even. got. He literally just didn't even move. He was being well defended. And maybe he like shuffled his feet a little bit and I just didn't see it. But they called that one on Dennis. And that's when Chesapeake just lit up because I think that was like the third one in the past like minute of playing. It was ridiculous yeah. out there. So it was just a bunch of like little sloppy mistakes like that that I think really cost the thunder tonight. Yeah, indeed. Let's get to Twitter real quick before we oh get out of here. Let's do it. I so, love Twitter. So I asked, I asked the good folks, five games in, tweet us who you think you're, who the best Thunder player has been. And who you think has been the most disappointing? So, uh, Connor, you have a pen and paper right next to you. I do. Are, do we, you mind? are, we, are we tallying? Yeah, do you mind tallying? Well, I would for love me. to tally. Okay. So, uh, let's see here. Where shall we start? Do we get votes in this? Um, I guess we can at the very end. Okay. Kamiar Morabian at K Morabian CCM, who runs a very good Oklahoma Sooner podcast. Boomer. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Madison. She's just staying silent. Where are you going to be on Saturday? 
I will be in Stillwater, doing God's country. Oh, God's I, country. I, I, I see. Mm, I will be there. Kamiar says, best overall, SGA, mm. so shape. Good since Houston, Dennis Schroeder, don't worry about that. Most disappointing, Steven Adams. Aww. So we got SGA, Steven Adams. Got it. George Stoya from the OU Daily. George. Who does a great job also covering the Oklahoma Sooners. Boomer. Andre Robertson for both. <laughs> what? Yes, George. Oh, okay. Very right. good. Hot take. Colby Powell. Good old friend, oh, Mr. Colby. Colby Powell, who runs Locked on Pokes. We're giving everyone your, a shout out yeah, tonight. for your OSU fans podcast. Go Colby. Um, best Thunder player, question mark, Kevin Durant. Worst, or most disappointing, Kevin Durant. You get so many meme totally answers. Agree. I know. <laughs> Let's see. At Fat with a P. Oh, so sh- Glove. Fat. At Fat Glove. Glove. Yeah. It's like CP3's lack of interest is more and more obvious every game. He has no interest in this ga- in the game's outcome. So, so I guess I'm guessing that's disappointing. Disappointing, I imagine. Okay. Um, at Nakisha underscore Horsey. Hopefully that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> Best players: Gallinari and Shea. So I guess you can, wanted to use two. Worst Ferguson and CP3. Ferguson. Ferg and CP3. Poor Ferg. Um, Donnie Hazelwood says Shea is the best. Adams has been the worst. Mm-hmm. At Street 99, SGA is the best. Most disappointing is Adams. Not so much his fault, but that he's already showing signs of being hurt. Poor guy. Uh, let's see. Let's go right through these. Um. Uh, at dbg underscore three sga has been good as advertised cp3 is old he can't win off the dribble anymore <laughs> steven has also disappointed this season encouraged by the fight of this team though there we go with the fight fight um at 48 f-o-r-d-i-e-eight sga best adam stinks right now Aww. poor steve at m marcia batty don't know but my favorite has been homie yeah. I, I, I like Hami. He's, like he's fun to watch. Um, at Grady Starflex with the Kawhi Leonard hand logo. Is the, are, are they still the suing claw. each other? Nike. I think that's over. Uh, did Kawhi I win? Think he, I think he has the property right. Okay, good. I'm pretty sure. Good, good. I've watched CP3 all career. He's not interested at all, I can tell. Tough. And then finally, at Caleb Joe and then a lot of numbers. And uh, I guess I'll read them out. Four six eight five four six eight six. Hopefully that's not your bank account number. I think it's probably his phone <laughs> number. <laughs> um, Shay's the best. Adam CP three the worst. Oh, damn, they're getting hammered. So uh, where are we at on the final tally? So uh, we're looking at for best player Shay Gilgis Alexander with seven marks. Andre Roberson with a mark. KD with a mark. Gallinari with one, and Hami with one. Shay wins that one. Shay wins that one. Congratulations, Shay. I know you're listening. For the record, if I were to throw in my vote, it would be very, very hard for me to choose between Shay and I think Gallinari should be more heavily in the conversation, but it's been Shay so far. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, And disappointing so far, we're at Adams with six, Andre with one, KD with one for some reason, uh, Chris Paul with five, and T Ferg with one. So tight, tight race between Adams and Chris Paul. Six to five. Who do you, who who do you pick? As my most disappointing, it's Steven. 
Steven. Like the like the whole point of this was I really wanted to get like a, a feel from the fan base as much as I could of like where everybody's opinion of Stephen Adams has been because Stephen Adams is such a beloved player, um, and the caveat of he's hurt I don't think. surrounds him all the time, and I, I know he's capable of better play, mm-hmm. but at some point you're just. Maybe he's just a guy that's always going to be injured. And if he's going to be a guy that's always going to be dealing with some type of, you know, ankle, some knee contusion, back problem, you know, whatever it is, if that's going to be him, then that's when you can finally say, yeah, he's a, like, he's just not the type of player the Thunder envisioned. There's an alternate universe where we are doing this tally list and Steven Adams is on the best player with unanimous votes. Yeah, and that it's could very, have been last season. It could have been. It's very sad. And there was a good few game stretch last year where he was, he was you know, even when player. before Paul George got really going on his MVP candidacy. Yeah. Stephen Adams is one of the better players on the Heart team. Heart and soul of the team. Uh, not there right now. And I nope. really want it back soon. I really do. Yeah, everybody, thank you so much for uh, participating, by the way. Thank you for all the replies on Twitter. Appreciate that. Heck yeah. Shout um, out. Guys, any other final thoughts? Um... I don't have any final thoughts, really. I think that it does say something that the Thunder have been able to be within, like, five or so points at the end of all of these tough losses that they've had to take to start the season. I think it shows a lot of knit and grit. And so I am excited about this team. I think they have a long ways to go, but I think that they can do it. And so I hope, for the sake of Oklahoma City, that they can really turn these things around and be able to execute and finish a game. And so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just see how the season progresses on. Yeah, and just uh, real quick, I wanted to say that I think uh, this was a great tryout game for Danilo Gallinari. I think that Portland makes the most sense out of any NBA (laughs) roster for him to get traded to. Yeah, like this was his first kind of... Did he lead the team in scoring? Uh, no, Chris Paul ended up finishing with the high, but he had 15 on. He started off really hot at the beginning, and then he finished not great shooting. He was he was the only this, guy who hit more than one three. He went three of nine. This then, was kind of his first eh, game. Like, yeah, no, he, he's been consistently good. Yeah, he he wasn't good. He wasn't bad. You yeah. know, he was just mm-hmm. eh. And it's interesting that it came against a team that everybody is like, oh, if he gets traded in Portland, oh, yeah. Portland's the team for him. He's so underappreciated, though. Who, I, I, I liked him. Anyway. Who are the Thunder going to get? Uh, I think that Scala BCR. It, it could well, yeah. Could, I think for for contracts to match, it would probably make the most sense to get Kent Bazemore and then maybe a pick or Scal would probably be their young prospect. Well, I, I mean, I people Scal. blame Dame for destroying the Thunder. It's Scala BCR. Yeah. It's his fault. <laughs> that final game of the regular season, he had that 32 point explosion that got uh, the Blazers into position to play the Thunder. Yeah. Remember that? Wait, that was Scal. I thought that was Anthony Simon. Or am I, I'm thinking of a different game. I no, guess. no, 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 no! Wait, wait, wait! I got that wrong. Was it Anthony Simons? It was Anthony Simons went off. Scal was the big man. Scal was the guy who Billy picked to uh, shoot free throws when uh, Nurkic got <laughs> throw, tossed out of a game, <laughs> and then he came in clutch. No, he uh, missed both of them. Oh, okay, so so it ended up being, screw you, Scal. Yeah. It's 11.30. We need to go home because obviously I can't remember shit. Go Suns. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. And be nice to Connor and be nice to Madison on Twitter, everybody. Because they're wonderful people. Uh, You can be as mean to me as you want. But everybody, thank you for listening to the OKC82 podcast. For Madison Morse, Connor, IU, this is Brady Tram. See y'all in in heaven. (laughs) 